Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the next edition of Myths and Stories. Tonight is part seven of the Books of Sorrow. Take it away, fellas. Yeah, part seven. We are we blazed through uh, last week's episode. Yeah, we um, we got through a good portion of uh, of four um, last yeah. week. This might depend how quick we go tonight. This is either going to be the second to last or last episode of Ooh. Books of Sorrow. Uh, well, and with that, if if it's our last episode, that's super cool because I won't be here next week. But if it's our second to last, <laughs> then everyone's gonna have to wait two weeks. Then everyone gets a cliffhanger. To get the final part. Everyone gets a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of everyone, I wanted so yeah. to uh, to say something at the top of the episode here. Uh, normally, I'd save this for Ooh. the end, but it's kind of cool, so I wanted to to include it here. Um, I love special news and surprises. Yeah, I'm excited. I, we we've talked about this a little bit already, but I. So when we originally made this podcast, it was more for us and for our clan uh, than anything else. Like, obviously, we're putting it up on a, a public platform, but we weren't really expecting anything. Um, and we took the initiative to put this available on all the different podcast apps, Apple and Spotify and Google and Amazon and Audible and all those. Um, and by we, he means him. I mean, I was in, I was including you in this, but sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's been really cool to see that we have actually, a, a, to me, a, a a large port, a larger group than I ever imagined, uh, apparently listening to us. Um. So I just want. Oh, to, really? To give a little shout out to all the people out there that we weren't expecting that may be listening to this and and enjoying it um uh, our our uh part five from two weeks ago of books of sorrow uh has 41 downloads our part six from last week is up to 30 uh hell yeah which is is pretty cool i know that's not like you know that's not huge numbers or anything but it's big it's big to me hey that's uh, that's 28 more than we thought it was gonna be exactly so <laughs> I just wanted to take it. It's it's not just the two of us downloading it over right? and over and over right. again. So I'd, which is awesome. I wanted to take just a little bit at the top and and say thank you to anyone that has stumbled upon us and has decided that you you enjoy listening to it because that's really cool. Uh, well, sweet. Yeah. Remind me at the end, and I'll throw I'll throw that in with my ending thank yous, and then you'll have a you'll have a sand, you'll have a an episode sandwiched in thank yous. There we go. There we go. But, we can we can make the middle part whatever we want. It can be peanut butter, <laughs> it can be jelly, it can be ham, it can be a lore story. How about uh, whatever? How about Vex and Hive? How's that sound? Oh, I love Vex and Hive. <laughs> Sounds vexy. So, uh, and now we're demonetized. Now we're demonetized. <laughs> that's that's not even the worst thing. Don't... As if we were monetized in the first place, right? right <laughs> like, yeah. That's not even that's not even the worst. <laughs> No, there is no monetization well, cool. here. If someone wants to sponsor us, please contact us. But, uh... Yeah, uh, Bungie, uh, uh, Disney, uh, <laughs> hell, I'll even take Square Enix. I Go Final Fantasy. Um, Depends on the division of Square for me. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you that one. Um, so yeah, so we're on uh, we're on part four, or part we're, seven we're at the... of book four. Yep, we're on... Nine, four, ten? Nine, four, ten, yeah. Uh, we finished... Verse four, uh, section nine, last time. So we are starting so we are on, on verse 410. four, section ten. 
uh, to do. A, and this is this is just after uh, Crota has has. Yes. So <laughs> has been full housed yes. by his sisters. <laughs> this is exactly what it was. So a quick recap of where we left off last time. Uh, Oryx left the family at home to go out on a business trip and is told Crota like, hey, watch your sisters. They're doing cool stuff, but they they might try and burn the house down with the chemistry experiment. Uh, I love his dad's going away. Dad's going away on a business trip. <laughs> and uh, and so Oryx came over and was like, hey, what or uh, or Crota um, went and, and investigated what Ir Anuk and Ir Halak, his sisters, were doing. Uh, and they were just, you know, creating oversouls and things, nothing, nothing serious. And, uh, he's like, well, that's cool. I want to make something. And so he, uh, he took his, his interdimensional sword and cut a hole in space time where apparently Savathun told him to, uh, and out came the Vex and they started taking over everything and. So now the the siblings were scrambling around trying to put things back in place before Dad got home. Uh, I that is not hyperbole. That is exactly what was happening. <laughs> yep, hundred percent full house. Uh, well, and and in doing so, uh, we now have a a very I I I call her a a high profile um, vex, uh, Coria. Yes, uh, Coria's. Coria has been around for a hot second uh, in in our current uh, history. Um, she was around last. We've dealt with her last. I say we dealt with her last season. I'm I'm hoping that's not the end of Coria. I I really hope that there's more to it than just that. But I I understand if that is the ending because mm-hmm. video games and we need the we need the players to feel as heroes and that's and I'm okay with that that reasoning and that 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 line of thought. But uh, yeah, Coria came through. She instanced herself to both sides of the portal. Uh, to where you, they just couldn't get rid of her. Yeah, and, and uh, so now there's this Vex mind, Coria, blade transformed. And she was doing some very interesting things. We talked about this a lot last time, so I'm gonna just touch on it briefly here. Um, Coria had deduced what the sword logic was, and had discovered, oh, I need to follow this pattern of actions to be powerful in this realm. And she captured worm larvae and experimented on them, uh, manifested religious tactics after realizing the power of worship uh, in the hive's sword logic, you know, magic. Um, and overall... And, and mainly because, like, the, the hive, are, when we talked about this before, mm-hmm. too, the hive are very religious. Oh, very, to, very religious. To be yeah. hive... The hive doesn't exist without the sword logic, and sword logic doesn't exist without the hive. So it's very the the hive as a whole is a very religious um, people species race. I don't know. Yeah, I get. I guess species because it is the entirety of the hive. Like they they all they all follow one uh one religious path. I guess with absolute one, certainty one true worm god uh regardless of what <laughs> yeah, regardless of what brood they're from uh, at this point in yeah. time shivu arath's brood and sabathun's brood and oryx's brood may may all have different people that they follow at the top of their their hierarchy but it's all with the same uh exact understanding of what 
the sword logic is and, and the path they should be taking uh, through it. So, so that brings us to verse 410. Uh, An emperor for all outcomes is the title. Uh, and again, the, the Oryx's throne world is in disarray because Crota let the Vex in and they're trying to get them all out before Oryx gets home. Uh, surprise, surprise, they were unsuccessful. So, so that was another thing I was going to ask before we start this one, too. Mm -hmm. uh, where was all of this taking place? Is this taking place in an ascendant plane? Is this specifically uh, Oryx's throne world? Is it Crota's throne this world? This is Oryx's throne world. Um, and it states okay. that in verse 4-8. Uh, it says, gotcha. out of the wound came machines called Vex. They invaded Oryx's throne world. So that's why Oryx has a very vested interest in getting them the heck out of there, too. Um, right. So, verse 410. Oryx rushed home and read from the Tablets of Ruin. He put some of the Vex into wounds to be taken by the power of the Deep. Thus he turned the Vex against each other. Quoria manifested a range of tactics, but none of them were adaptive. Oryx crushed all the Vex in his throne. Oryx thought that he should study geometry like the Vex. It was the map of perfect shapes, but first he had to punish imperfection. My son, he said, this is your punishment. Come home glorious or die forgotten. He picked up Crota by the legs and threw him into the Vex Gate network. Crota battled through history, becoming a legendary demon. In his early centuries, he often spared a few victims to hear oaths and protests against his father. Later he came to understand Oryx, and he made temples and monuments wherever he went. Meanwhile, Oryx brooded on the Vex. I have met a worthy rival, he said. They want to exist forever, just as I do, but I don't understand them. At this his worm began to chew on him, for he was bound to understand. He called Savathun to meet in the material world. She told him that the Vex worked tirelessly to understand everything, so that they could build a victory condition for every possible end state of the universe. Then I must be a better king, Oryx said. If they want to build an emperor for all outcomes, then I will be the king of only one. I will follow the deep wherever it goes and document its power. Let us create a catalog of the grave of worlds, which will be our map to victory. Oryx knew that all life could be described as cellular automata, except for that life which understood the deep or the sky, and thus escaped causality. Out of love for her brother, which was the same as the desire to kill him, Savathun leaked a secret to Shivu Arath. Listen, Shivu, Oryx's throne world has been compromised. You can cut your way in from here. Shivu Arath used this to plan an ambush. But Oryx was too canny. The Taken King said to his court, the High War, My throne world is vulnerable. I'm going to move it. Where? asked Kagor the world render knight. Into a mighty dreadnought, said Oryx. 
I shall keep my glorious mind cosmos inside a titanic warship. That's the end of verse 410. Holy cow. So, uh, okay, well, where do you, where do you want to start with breakdown on this one? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, I think the first thing that needs to be addressed, uh, outside of, of lore implications, the visual image of Oryx picking Crota up by his legs and throwing him <laughs> into a Vex portal and saying, I, win I like or it. don't come home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do i do like that well and then like that i mean that 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 there, there's so many things here that 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 play into exactly what is what is to be hive and what is to understand sword logic mm-hmm. like that thought right there just win or don't come home like that be become the strongest thing out there or be forgotten yep. to be not part of the universe anymore like that's that is the that is at, at its basis form the sword logic you know like it, it, he's he's it, it's it's interesting that that oryx is is telling him this but not directly right like he mm-hmm. he's he it's it's more of an ultimate it's writ, it's it's kind of written in red as an ultimatum like you know either either you beat everything or 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 you know die i don't want to hear from you again this is your punishment but it's also kind of like a a the sword logic thing like mm-hmm. as 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 much as as much as it is a, a punishment it's there's still that that level of sword logic there and then there was the 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 thought of uh uh the whole line about uh understand the because oryx is the hive god of knowledge and the hive or the the vex themselves literally are content they're continuously studying they're continu- they're they're almost like the perfect arch enemy for them right mm-hmm. it's like the yeah. perfect uh uh and and I'm curious how much of that was orchestrated by Sabathun That's a good question cuz we we know that she supposedly tricked Crota into letting the vex in to Oryx's throne world um, yeah. I have to imagine if which she... plays plays into her hive godness, right? Like the right. goddess of trickery yep. and, and deception and deceit. I have to imagine if she had enough interaction with the Vex to know where they were located, that she would be able to identify that they would. Maybe that was her goal. Wasn't necessarily that these are a. Um, this is something that Oryx can learn from. Maybe her goal was the Vex are infinitely are infinitely learning and thus you have to work infinitely to understand them. Maybe she was hoping Oryx would starve himself via the vest. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm, I truly think that that action is almost like the beginning of a coup. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I found it interesting that Oryx's in interpretation of the vex is he sees them as kind of kindred spirits. Um, yeah. He, he says, you know, they, they want to exist forever just as I do, but he doesn't understand their methods. Um, but he does identify, he's like, oh, the, the shapes that they create are like the perfect shape needed to, um, to continue what, what they're attempting to do in that space. Uh, they're, they're not just changing they're the world around them because they feel like it. They're changing the world around them because to them in their calculations, that 
change is integral in the outcome where they succeed and he he recognizes which, which again that. just kind of leads to it it's it's almost like a vex version of of sword logic yeah in, in a lot of ways i mean it 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 it, it is the, you know the vex were the original winners of the flower game between the gardener the gardener and the winnower like they are technically the the pre hive dart you know winners of the the game um yeah they won the game without any uh interaction from paracausal abilities though well that's what i wanted to say it's almost like they won the game without playing they won the game playing with different rules i think is is maybe more that's that's a better i think that's a better way yeah so they they were you know the previous champions under a different rule set and they're still going but paracausality is in play now and that that kind of yep. throws throws a wrench into their uh their original you know plan to exist well and and Coria now has an understanding of this she has so i think she has an understanding of what sword logic is she has an understanding that through sword logic one can obtain paracausal abilities but she like all other vex they can understand, okay, there is a power that is obtainable through this route, but they cannot simulate what that power is, so they can't use it in their predictions, if, if that makes sense. Like, they, they know the no, route absolutely. to that's, it, that's, yeah. but they don't, know one, like they don't know what paracaus- paracausality allows for. Or, or they can't predict what one will do with paracausality. They just know this is the route to get to it. And I, and I think it's, I think it's a, mainly because of their, their very, um, what would you call that? Bi- binary like yeah. mindset, right? Like it, 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 or, or just even a logical mindset, right? Like they're so. Yeah. All of their <sighs> predictions I... have cause and effect. And paracausality yeah. is effect without cause. Yeah. So like, it, they just, to, to they me, don't it's, know how to, to me, it's it. like trying, well, and like trying to describe paracausality to a vex is like telling it to divide infinity by zero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me is like the, the perfect description of, of how, you know, how do you confuse a vex? Well, tell it to divide divide infinity by zero and the same thing you do to for a second. confuse a ti-84 calculator apparently oh my god i love <laughs> it absolutely love it wait a second does that mean that ti-84s are vex or that vex are ti-84s a little bit of column a a little bit of column b maybe god dang it <laughs> but so god dang it <clears throat> so yeah oryx deals with the vex um comes in cleans house deals with it sends crota off to you know fix his mistake essentially um and crota in his time in the vex network spends uh centuries here just roaming killing vex um well and that's that to me was an interesting thought too because then well like the vex network i should specify is not I don't believe it's the Vex network we entered in Season of the Splicers. Um, they call it the ah. Vex Gate network. So I think it's it's their teleportation between Vex gotcha. gates that he was he was in. Gotcha. Okay, because that was that was gonna be that was gonna be kind of like my two part question here was 
did the tear that he do base did he basically just tear into a uh um a gate network or or the the actual vex network or a place that had vex you know a, a physical place that had vex or something like that like where where was this tear and if he is in the gate network or the vex network is he essentially existing as vex do in all times in all places at at simultaneously well which is why legends of him are allowed to still be around uh, in right different various areas yeah uh and now that i i think about it um in season of the splicer osiris savathun as osiris did make comments oh, that the uh when we were in the vex network uh made comment that it was a lot like a throne world was a lot like the ascendant plane um, very similar to the ascendant plane so may, maybe there is a connection between the Ascendant Plane and the Vex Network in some way. Maybe that is where Crota ended I'm, up. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious if it is because, and, and I'm going to bring this back to that stack of coins idea that that Petra brings up uh, from this season of like, you know, the the Ascendant Realm. You know, Sky is one place. Deep Dark is another place. Our realm is another place. The Ascendant Realm is, you know, a few coins down and then a few coins after that. Like you, you're just essentially phase shifting, you know, the mm-hmm. ten degrees each time you each time you ch- change a coin, and and now you're ten degrees out of phase with this reality. But de- but that's that new reality is still a new reality and a new existence. It has new rules. Has new everything um, until you phase all the way into the Ascendant Plane. And I'm curious if the Vex Network is somewhere in that phasing as well. Or if it's phasing the opposite direction, right? Like we always go to the ascendant plane, which I personally have always attributed to the deep and and darkness. And I'm curious if the Vex network is somewhere closer to the light. We do use the light specifically to get to the Vex network via the splicer gauntlet. Um, Now, I don't know if that's just because that's the power on hand. Or if that's because we have that's to the use power the of please to, <laughs> to get there. Um, yeah, no, I, I that and that's that that to me is just a curious thing because every, everything in Destiny that we that we've talked about before and 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 everything that we've seen in game, they, we've never seen the sky. No, we've never we've seen never the like re- we've never seen the realm of the deep either. But um, and this is true. We're we're assuming. I think justifiably but we are also assuming that there is the sky the place that is never specifically said um but it is used inner it is used as the opposite of the deep in so many cases that i i would be very surprised if there wasn't a realm call of the sky the same way there's a realm of the deep i i think there is I I think it's I think it's reasonable to to deduce that logic, yeah, or assume that logic. That'd be deducing or assuming. Mm, little column A, little, little column B little here. Column B, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, well, and then the last thing here, uh, there was a named knight. Um, yes. Um. So I I added that little bit in because I happen to know. Uh. Now I'm gonna double. Oh, you turned because. Watch me be I'm, wrong. I'm a laugh. Uh, you, you added it in. It just added it in wrong. <laughs> uh, so my understanding was that Kagor was a knight. I was going to say, I, for some reason, the name sounds familiar, and I want to say he's in King's Wall. I, I, I want to say that's correct. 
Where? Don't worry, kids. We'll all be wrong, and all you can laugh at us in the comment section. Yep. And we accept we accept your criticism with hum humbality, humble hum humbleness. I'm gonna say humbality because that's that just sounds like a cool word. That sounds like a made up word, is what that. Hey, uh, all words are made up. <laughs> so, Boom! Mind logic. Yeah. Uh, Kagor is <laughs> mentioned um, as Kagor, the world render who split all moons. Um, but I don't, I don't know that they specifically say that Kagor is a knight. I, I'm like eighty. 80% sure. I was 90 and now I'm second guessing myself. I'm pretty sure Kagor <laughs> was a knight and I'm pretty sure Kagor was one of like one of Oryx's most trusted knights. Um, if I recall correctly, That's what I too. it was Crota, Kagor, and there was another knight that were like those the are, main it, sources of, uh, were the biggest sources of tribute to Crota, or to Oryx. Well, and, and I think we see them in game too, in, in one of the cutscenes uh, for Taken King, where there's the three knights that are reporting to him. Yeah, um, and that's that's a whole tangent uh, about. Hey, we don't ever tangent in here. We don't ever what are you tangent. talking about? So, uh, th this is probably good as places good a place as any to to do a little discussion about it. Um, so a lot of people, understandably so, I think. Uh, read the Books of Sorrow, especially the bits we've already gone through, and come to the conclusion that there is no way we should have been able to beat Oryx. Like, right. this millennia-old, world-destroying, species-eradicating god of the hive, you know, Thanos, essentially. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and just try, uh, yeah. We we roll up and destroy his ass solo in the material world, and then all it takes is six guardians in his throne world to to you know do him in permanently, which I understand is under debate. Although I I think he's gone. Uh, I I think he is. But but I. I, I can definitely understand that viewpoint. He is made to be larger than life, holy cow powerful in the Books of Sorrow. Um, and I think he was, to a, to a certain degree, absolutely. Uh, but I think that there's a lot of things that people don't account for that happen in the story that, honestly, they don't do a good job of explaining, in my opinion. Sure. Um, well, that's that, and and Bungie themselves is, have have gone as far as to admit that too, to say, hey, you know, we, we had all these little storylines and all these little ideas, and everything was left, right, up, down, everywhere, and and we had no true, um, I don't want to say they, there was no true centralized idea, but they they had a lot of they had a lot of really good ideas that they wanted to portray, and it, but they also wanted to have a lot of mystery around them. And it's hard to it's hard to tell a story with with a with too much mystery involved because then you just get lost on the thought of, on the idea of it just being a giant mystery. Yeah, uh, and and this is something that um, I want to point out. There's there's definitely some mystery aspect. I do think 
that with the Taken King expansion, that was we have to remember that was Bungie's first real like foray into this kind of grand storytelling. Um, up to yep. this point, nothing on this scale had happened in Destiny. Uh, and I I think they where where the lore obviously we're reading Books of Sorrow is fantastic. Uh, a lot of the in-game storytelling at this point just wasn't where it is today. Um, sure. And a lot of the interpolitics of the Hive and what we were actually doing in some of those missions uh, gets lost. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times they land you in a strike, you get a little bit of dialogue going in, maybe some dialogue throughout, maybe you listen to it, maybe you don't. You kill the boss at the end, you get your loot, and you're like, cool. I have no idea what that meant for the story but it was fun <laughs> uh that's well and and that's get that's getting even more um uh prevalent uh by bringing back d1 strikes mm-hmm. uh with with little to no yes referencing the, the my yeah. uh, the the biggest one to me is uh devil's lair right like yeah you go through the whole thing and they all talk about the house of devils and, and a d2 player has no idea what that is no, it's just the it fallen. Does, it they don't even exist. they don't even know what the houses are. The yeah, house there, there are exist. no houses in D two. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not happy with. I I love that that strike. It's probably it's probably one of my favorites as far as the strike content goes. I am very unhappy. I think with it is my favorite just because it was the first strike. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely. I would have loved to see them do what they did with the Omnigol, um strike. I was going to say Omnigol and Fallen Saber. I feel like were handled very nicely. I disagree with Fallen Saber. Um. Okay, Fallen Sabers. I'm half and half on. Like I, it, it, Fall, I Fallen I, Saber assumes a lot of things about Rasputin that were then retconned. <laughs> right, uh, and they like leave a lot of that info in, and yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I I like what they did with the the Navoda strike. They made it a different character, which I don't, you know, Omnigal is kind of a a big character in the Hive lore, so I understand it can be Omnigal again. Um, but you know, they made it Navoda. They, it was the same strike. It was the same exact like cadence of things you did, but the reasoning why you were there was different and it made sense in the current world of destiny. And I wish they had done that with with some of the others. So if we, if we take that logic, right. Of, of that. And then the, the idea that a D one raid is coming back at some point in time in this next year, um, we could possibly see something like King's Fall play out with a different ending. Maybe. Based on what they you know did what with I mean? Vault like, of instead Glass, of going... I don't... I think... Right. I think... From the, from the story canon point of view, it's going to be like, you are reliving... You know, your, your guardian, from the story perspective, is regaling someone else the story of how they did this and you just happen to be playing that's, through it kind of thing that's that's what i think is gonna it's gonna end up being but i i i would love the idea of like you're going through the same zones sort of not you know not oh, yeah. a shot for shot no, I think that'd be zone cool. redo but a very very similar thing and you get you know as you're going through there's there's you know kind of the same fights but not quite you know maybe we have the ogre guy maybe we have uh the 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 two priests in the shadow or I, I, two priests or two knights i think it's two knights um with the light in the shadow thing i think it's two knights um, it's been a minute yeah 
Right. Uh, and then, you know, we get, and then as we transition into the, uh, into the throne world, now it's, instead of it being Oryx's throne world, now it's Sabathun's or Sibu Arath's throne world. That would like be that, cool. Yeah. That, that to me would be a neat thing. Cause, cause then it, cause then it ties back to the idea of destroying a hive God in their throne world is the end of that hive God. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole, that was the whole reason we went in there in the first place. Cause we we're like, we're going to, we're going to kill a hive God. Like that well and and so and you said something earlier too that that made me think um the 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 power of how powerful oryx was i'm curious if again i i I still come back to this idea of of savathun creating a coup not necessarily to the more and more I think about it, it's it's not necessarily to overthrow Oryx, it's to free him from his worm. So what I think is that at a certain point in time, Savathun wanted to help Oryx and and maybe Shivu, but definitely wanted to help Oryx and wanted for him to kind of be a co-conspirator with her to yeah. To escape the worms and escape the pact because she saw that he was, at least at one point in the past, regretful about it. Um, yep. However, I think as she, and we can see some interactions between her and, and him later in, in the Books of Sorrow here. Um, I think there, there's a point where she gives up on him, where she decides, like, you, yeah. you have truly been indoctrinated. I'm not going to ever get through to you. You are now an like this, this is just a lost cause. I need to get around. Yeah. Um. So no, to go back to like the, and, the strength of Oryx though, real real quickly, I uh, th- to to kind of give an idea of, and th- this also lends some some credence to like Savathun's been pulling strings behind the scenes for longer than I think we we initially. Oh, realized. absolutely. Uh, absolutely so i i refound a post that i had read earlier today this is on the destiny lore subreddit um by remember kids cite your references cite your references this is by a user who has the username of foxy jj grandpa uh hot yeah but they (laughs) they bring about the point of you know addressing this complaint about like how on earth were we able to kill him other than because video game um they bring up the point we kill oryx uh the, this is the the basic timeline we kill or we kill crota oryx arrives we push him back to his throne world with the help of the awoken who he did not know existed we kill his lines of tribute all of his lines of tribute outside of his throne world weakening Ooh. the snot out of him uh well and that's the same thing he did to his sisters yeah we go and kill him for real within his throne world. His nephew tries to seize power uh, via being manipulated by Savathun, and a vacancy is left open. A couple years later, which we assume is the Hive regrouping after this power vacuum, Savathun begins right. showing up subtly. Now new Taken arrive, but we don't know from where. Savathun's from where. Nocris and Zol appear uh, and then promptly disappear. Uh, their brood reaches out to Savathun. Forsaken happens. Riven taken by Oryx, used by Savathun, does her thing with Cade and Aldrin. Uh, Mara also tries to fill the power vacuum left by Oryx. She is unsuccessful. Um, Savathun does 
does experiments with the crown of sorrow with galron i yep shadow keep happens the pyramid was the big reveal but in the background savathun's puppets uh is puppeting crota's old brood for her own ends um and then we we get with hash ladoon yeah and then we get to you know more or less recent events that we we already kind of know uh but they point out that like uh savathun openly states that she could have never made a play for power without Oryx being taken off the board and that us taking him off the board for her was like one of the biggest advantages to her getting where she is. Um, if, if we had never killed Oryx, Aldrin probably wouldn't have t- become a guardian. Mara probably wouldn't have died. Well, I think they're saying if, if we had never had to deal with Oryx, Aldrin wouldn't be a guardian. Mara wouldn't have died and come back and doing who knows what. Uh, it that death changed the entire destiny timeline. Um, interesting. Which is a, a really interesting, yeah, interesting way to look at things. So I, I think the big thing that that what I was trying to get to, and and they allude to a little bit here, is the story of Forsaken, or not Forsaken, of the Taken King. I think to a lot of people was run around the dreadnought and kill things. And that's totally cool. But what was actually happening from a narrative point of view is we were systematically dismantling Oryx's tribute lines so that when we got to him, he would be in the weakest state possible. I didn't even think of it from that stance. But with what with literally what we talked about last week of Oryx himself making it to where nothing, nothing in the entirety of the hive can ever reach his level of power. He did that on a genetic level, and then he then he destroyed his sister's tributes to make them never able to mm-hmm. this makes sense. And this so, is this is a very logical way of looking at yeah. it. And so I think you're right. I think there's a lot more that happened in that uh time or or if the if user foxy what was it foxy grandpa foxy jj grandpa uh (laughs) i love it um uh where he states that uh the the taken king storyline was a lot more impactful than was even kind of shown in game Mm -hmm. because i think at the time we didn't really have an understanding of the idea of throne worlds and tributes and the ascendant plane and all this stuff it was literally like what you're saying it was just like, hey, here's a here's a dreadnought, run around on it. Like we get a little bit of that, like because there's the whole mission of, you know, we have to go to the world's grave, we yep. have to find the piece of of Crota's thing. With Ares is like, hey, go take it here, and you have to become ascendant. So we take it to the to where we fought Crota, where they're performing his death ceremony or whatever, and and we drink from the ascendant plane, and then they're like, oh, hey, look, they're there, and then you're like, oh shit, and then you teleport out, um, or, or she, teleports she teleports you out, you out yeah. um. Which, come to think about it, she teleports us out a lot more than uh-huh. she should. I, I think she's doing some. Well, and and we some hive what we shenanigans. What we learned is that hive rituals are just ways of them communicating with the deep to ask it to do a thing for them. I'm telling you, so Eris is more. I think Eris knows a lot more than she's letting on. Oh, I I think so too. Um. I think she's going to be a huge player this next year. I hope so. Uh, anyone that hasn't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything. There was a new trailer that dropped today for The Witch Queen. 
get the fuck um, out of here. It, it it's very short. I think it's like maybe 15, 20 seconds. Uh, but oh, damn it, I haven't seen it. <laughs> all of all of the voiceover in that trailer is done by Eris Morn. So it seems to imply I that she's she, going to be playing. Well, in the trailer that came out like two or three weeks ago, she she had a very big part. She was literally yeah. in the background mm-hmm. of that one when they're when they're pouring the parts out on the thing. Yeah, yeah. no. That's, so I I think she's going to oh, be a big. I role. think she's going to be a huge part of this. I'm so excited because this comes back to the uh, the uh, lore tab of the rocket launcher Sleepless, mm-hmm. where uh, uh, oh god. Uh, not sheer Ido. Yeah, sheer Ido is talking to she she had just woken up from a dream and she's talking about three three people standing on top of a three three women standing on top of a pyramid ship and we theorize that hey, maybe it's the three of them. Maybe it's her Mara and and Eris or maybe it's Sabathun, Mara and Eris and oh man. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to have to go watch this thing. Uh, uh so here's we're 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 way off topic. I promise this is going to be the last little bit, and then we're going to veer back on. To Liar. Versus. We're totally on topic. Um, <laughs> so I looked up Sleepless because I was interested, and I have Ishtar Collective in front of me. Uh, so, yes, this is where she, Shira Ido woke up from a dream, and she was talking to Mara about her dream. Um, and I'm going to condense it here, but sure tells her tells mara i saw you on a great black triangle you split it in two with your bare hands and i was dead i think or trapped like in a maze but pretty close to figuring my way out Uh, and there was another woman with you on the triangle mara murmurs yeah she was helping and then your brother showed up and the dream's already fading. I think he said Tropea? Uh, so that, that's from Sleepless. And so I was curious. I looked up Tropea. I, I think I was fixing to say. Um, and Tropea is Latin because Bungie loves their Latin. Um, <laughs> Latin Greek, right? Like those are the nope. two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm telling you, there is someone there that took that as a major in college and was like, where the fuck am I going to use this? <laughs> and they're like, aha, video games. And now it's come to fruition. So they're like, I'm going to use as much of this thing as I can. And you know what? I am here for it. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. But so Tropea um, has two potential meanings. Uh, in Latin slash ancient Greek, it can be translated to a trophy or victory memorial, uh, or the alternative, uh, meaning that I, I have found, um, is that Tropea was a town of ancient Arcadia, uh, within, in the district of Pisidia on the Leyden River in the Peloponnese Peninsula of Greece. Um, now I'm, Isn't there an Arcadian Valley? There is an Arcadian Valley. Uh, is it Nessus? Or is it, I think is it's, it Europa? I think it's Nessus. Arcadian Valley, yep, Nessus. Located on Nessus, it is the crash site of the Exodus Black. 
is the Arcadian Valley. So uh, interesting. A lot of interesting little little ties there. Um, Unknown if these are all just purely coincidental or somewhere they could be something they something is being pulled be. together. Uh, but but if if we're to take Sleepless um, and put it into what might happen in Twitch Queen, if Mara plays a part in Witch Queen as it seems like she will, and Eris plays a part in Witch Queen as it seems like she will, and Aldrin plays a part as it seems like or Crow as it seems like he will, this scene of the three of them at a, a darkness pyramid or a darkness tetrahedron and Mara literally splitting it in half with her hands um, could, could happen. And that'd be really cool. <laughs> that would be cool. But I see, I see how you corrected yourself and I, I love you for that. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Um, that was, that was just for me, wasn't it? That was just for you. But, uh, so, love it. Love it. Go, going back to our story tonight, or what our story tonight is supposed to I was going to say, do we want to get back to the books of sorrow? <laughs> B- bonus episode's done. So much for covering this in one now, night. <laughs> now we can come back, yeah. Um, so the other bits that are important about 410, uh, 410's actually a really dense uh, dense entry. The other bits that are, are particularly important is that um, Oryx does two things. He says he essentially initiates the building of the world grave uh, because mm-hmm. he identifies the Vex uh, having knowledge about every possible universal entity to predict outcomes is valuable. And he wants to do the, the same or as close to the same as he can. So he creates the world, the world grave, which is repository of all the hive knowledge of all the things that they've destroyed, essentially. Um, yep. Which we get to go to in D1. So that's where that came from. Uh, and he establishes uh, his throne world originally was stationary. And at this point in time, he goes, nope. If my throne is stationary, that makes it vulnerable. I am going to make it mobile by fusing my throne world with a warship, which becomes the Dreadnought. That's that that thought alone is like when 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 we see in in D1 uh the 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 scene where he push he extends his throne world or or the ascendant realm I I don't know what to, I I I I truly don't know what he extends out his his on on ontological weapon Yeah cuz not on to, on ontological I think I think that's correct Yeah his his version of of a of a awoken eye beam mm-hmm. uh when he does that i was thinking it was you know he was channeling it from some place to this place to to outward but it, if it's fused in his dreadnought he's he's literally just carrying his throne world with him everywhere he goes now yep, yep. and uh the next verse is all about the dreadnought so let's read that one uh so rock and roll with 411 it. just titled dreadnought uh it says to make his ship, Oryx scrimshod one piece of Akka, who was dead but far from gone. He stole the hammer of Shivu Arath and the scalpel of Savathun, and he armored his ship in baneful armor. When Oryx had built his dreadnought, he pushed his throne world inside out so that it bled into the material space of the dreadnought. They were 
Codorminus and allied, his ship and his sin. The dreadnought was within the throne of Oryx, but the throne of Oryx was the dreadnought, Ayat. This required a verse from the Tablets of Ruin. The whole court worked together to push Oryx's throne inside out. This was a day of joyous violence, and all of Oryx's broods mark this holiday as Eversion Day, which is celebrated by turning things inside out. Saith Oryx, go out into the universe, my court, gather tribute for me, send it home to my ship. When I call you, walk up that tribute to my court. I will prepare for long voyages, into the war, into the deep. Now Oryx's throne was safe from incursion because it moved nimbly. Oryx attacked the harmonious flotilla invincible who guarded the Nisha thought ship. When the flotilla surrounded his dreadnought, Oryx put his sword into the hull and he used the power of the deep and the clever systems his daughters had built to push his throne world out into mere reality. By wrath and confidence, he filled space with an egg of his throne. It swelled up like a ghost star to smash the harmonious flotilla invincible. Oryx broke the last word off their name. In the Nisha thought ship, Oryx hoped to find the location of the gift mast, which had been left behind by the traveler. Oryx wanted to eat it. But the thought ship was a trap, and upon it, was Quoria, Blade Transform. So. Well, shit. There's, there's, <laughs> also, there's also a couple lines in this verse that I did not read because they are scrawled on the margins of the book kind of thing. Ooh. Um, and those lines are infamous in how frustrating they are. Uh, and <laughs> in all the different theories that they make possible. So, scrawled on the edges of this page, it says, I am Savathun Insidious. I graffiti this notice for you. These books are full of lies. God damn it. <laughs> so, this, this has been a debate for a long time in the community. I... Uh, Essentially, do we trust this warning because it's from supposedly from Savathun and she is, you know, of of cunning. She would want to manipulate our perspective to uh, something that benefits her. Um, so if if we, you know, can we even believe this this little bit here? Uh, if we do choose to believe it, how much of it is lies? All of it or just certain parts? Or, you know... God damn it. <laughs> we, God we don't know. We don't know. That's what it comes down to. Uh, God damn it. That's why I'm saying, like, there's so much more. And, and to me, like, this all started with Quoria. Like, like the whole... Everything up until Quoria happening has been a very... I, I feel like has been a very truthful... <sighs> retelling I, I can, retelling I can or, see or, some or, argument. So... I think my my personal perspective is that things that are read as journal entries coming from Oryx himself, 
I think are probably accurate. Uh, where he's like, I like that writing idea. things about that he himself is experiencing and, and how he is viewing things around him. I think those are probably accurate or at least mostly accurate um, to his perspective as the narrator, at least. Um, sure. I, I am guessing that anything that is written from the perspective of his like congregation about his, his feats, uh, might be fudged at least a little bit <laughs> uh, it's it's funny because i i instantly had this idea in my head i had this image in my head play out of <laughs> a family guy and stewie stewie from the future he says they, they've perfected time travel and so he instead of taking a trip to italy you take a trip to you know the 1600s or something like that and so he took a trip back to biblical times and, and and he states that the power of Christ was maybe a little over exaggerated <laughs> and it cuts to a, a cutaway of uh, of Jesus holding up a, a a ring in one hand like he's made a ring out of his his index finger and his thumb and he goes da na na da da na 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 and then he holds up his other hand and he's got the same thing so he's got these two rings made out of his index finger and his thumb da na na da da na 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 then he puts both of them behind his head and 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 da na da da na 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 then he pulls them out from behind his head and the two rings are interlinked yeah <laughs> so it's like da na 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 and then he puts them back behind his head and they come unlinked and they're Da, 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 da. And Stewie says, "Yeah, it turns out maybe his powers were a little over exaggerated." So if, when you said over exaggerated, that's what in, that's what my brain instantly <laughs> indexed and referenced and was like, "Rolodex, yeah. boom, Family Guy, this episode, this time, boom, go play this." <laughs> and so that's played out in my head of like Oryx, like it, Oryx crushed a thousand worlds, and he just like squished a bug, and all the <laughs> all the bacteria on it was a thousand lives and so it, Which, and he's like Duh. here's here's a fun bit um that that lends into this a little bit this this actually goes back to um our tangent which i'm not going to re-tangent but it it references that a little bit uh well in theory if you tangent enough don't you just go in a circle <laughs> you just come right back around yeah um boom <clears throat> space logic and geometry so, perfect shape go uh as powerful as oryx <laughs> was and as much as we had to do to defeat him toland the bastard that he is damn it has some has a couple of different statements uh amongst the the moon um on his little like patrol missions that you can do um between those and the stuff that he says when you're in Shattered Throne, yeah. there is so much that like you question everything now. So Toland has a line, I'm paraphrasing, that goes along the lines of, um, don't be proud that you killed Oryx, or, or don't, don't be full of yourself because you killed Oryx. Although he may have seemed strong to you, he was near the bottom of the Pyramid of Strength. Uh, in in the universe, um, essentially implying that like, yeah, that's cute, but he's like the smallest of the big bads that are out there. Yeah. Uh, so that that could come into play. Like as powerful as he seemed in these books, 
he was small potatoes according to Tolan compared to some other shit out there. So yeah yeah that's literally what toland is saying toland is saying exactly that like kind of sort of yeah uh i think also the if to, to stick with the biblical reference here because i think it's a reference a lot of people can can understand and is relevant to how this these books are written um sure you know, this, so these books are very much written as like the the bible yeah, of the hive th- this is the hive bible this is the hive religious text and essentially what has happened with Savathrun scrawling this notice of this book is full of lies would be the equivalent of um john the evangelist writing this book is full of lies in the literal bible in in our bible i yeah like that that is some balls (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right uh, like that's 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 what i'm saying like it, it, for her to write that does so much more than just like cast doubt here and there it's like this huge like I, that's why i i truly i think this still comes back to the idea of what she what she helped or or persuaded crota to do was either the beginning of a coup or like what you were saying is the beginning of okay he's lost and we need to we need to get him off the board so we can be free of our worms. So it's it's one of those two yeah. or a combination of both. So here's here's a fun a fun thing that you actually reminded me of uh, earlier when we were talking about how Crota or uh, Oryx had put into place um, at a genetic level the the fact that he, no other hive would ever be as powerful as him just full stop no longer possible and he permanently crippled the tribute lines for his sisters so that they could also never challenge him however savathun being savathun i i could imagine when, okay no other hive will ever be able to beat oryx so let me figure out how to make something that's not a hive beat oryx oh shit yeah, it's, it's that that old yo no man can defeat me and the person that defeats him is a woman kind of kind of thing uh you know, Dude, no, no hive can logic? defeat me yeah but it's a vex or it's a guardian or it's a vex hive hybrid named quoria blade transformed i think this is a thing i think quoria oh my god okay all right. Now it, it might just be that um, this was her first attempt. That this was Savathun going. Okay, let me throw something that isn't hive. Let me find the most powerful thing I can find, uh, the the most that fitting rival hive. that isn't a hive, and see what happens. Um, I think that's what it is. And and the vex for and and we and that's just like what we said. The vex is very much like the the anti crota or or like the the. Crota or not Crota, uh, the Oryx, the anti-Oryx, the Oryx equivalent type thing. Like, yeah, like Oryx they are all out. about knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Hive exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that there's a lot. I think that that event of of Coria and and Crota and and its sisters and Oryx and everything that that one event I think is truly the beginning of something. Yes, what that I something so. is, I don't, you know, is, is it, is it the beginning of the end for Oryx? Is it the beginning of Savathun's, um, trickery, her, her ultimate, her ultimate plan, you know, like what, I don't know what that, 
but but I think that moment is probably the most significant moment in Hive history. Yes. No, I, I think that is the big turning point. Um Yeah. So that leads us into verse five zero. We're officially done with four. Um so Which real quick. Yep. Uh, five is the last set of verses, yes, correct? Yes, five is the last set of verses. Uh, specifically, there are nine subsets within five, and then that's it. So, uh, I have a lot of things to say at this point in time. I say a lot of things. It's actually very little. Um, the, if, if I remember correctly, the ARG puzzle that came with the collector's edition for uh shadow keep when we when we got all the pieces of it put together it was verse 5 okay but it it had a few different lines of text than what the original verse 5 had okay. and so i'm curious if we have both sets pulled up um i only have the one that's listed in the physical grimoire book i uh, i can let me see if i can find the other because that that would be important to be able to compare i think so and and i've never i've never sat down and done a true comparison of the two of them i think it was mentioned a few times that that there was possible differences but there was there was also this whole idea that like you know maybe we didn't have all the puzzle pieces uh when it was finished because it literally required a piece from every single collector's edition and if even if they got 99% of them you're still not at 100% so you still don't have 100% integrity of of the actual puzzle that was happening um so but for anyone who doesn't know well I'll I'll let you, I'll let you get a, a little bit of research going there for a second uh for anyone who doesn't know what the ARG was when you got the collector's edition of Shadowkeep it came with a cryptolith which is the it's the little item uh when you or when you go to the lectern uh uh at the moon uh, in front of Eris Morn. It's, a, it's this little thing that's like floating around and it has these little dials on it with all these little hex symbols or vex, sorry, not vex, uh, hive symbols on it and, and they turn individually and stuff like that. Well, when you opened it, it, it was, it was the, the physical one was a physical puzzle box. And so when you figured out the code to it and, and you got it opened, the thing opened up and slid apart from itself and a little piece of paper was inside. And on that piece of paper was a bunch of, of hive text, a bunch of hive symbols, and on the back of it was a word and a website. You went to this website, you went, you put in this word, and it gave you an image. And the image was it looked just like a bunch of lines, a bunch of like half circles and quarter circles and lines and moon looking stuff. And it, it looked like nothing. But then the community, being the, the ultimate community it is at at secret finding, which I, I think I personally think that if the Destiny community existed uh, in World War II, they would have been the Nazi code crackers, and that I I truly think that the Destiny community is that level of code cracking because they love themselves some puzzles. Um, which to not to tangent again, but that's literally what they did in World War II to help uh, crack the Nazi code of the Enigma, Enigma machine, which was their encoded device. Um, that they sent their messages through, and they hired a bunch of crossword puzzle people to try to break it, because who better to break a, a code than a bunch of code breakers? Um, so when you when w- the, the Destiny community found these images, and they realized that, that there were 
basically five uh, a total of five images associated with each piece of paper um and you could go into the the uh the site put these put this word in and you'd get this image and if you started laying these images over on top of each other they would start to form words and so once they got all you do have those pulled up up now um so awesome i'm looking at the text from the uh translations they're absolutely relevant to what we're talking about i don't know that we're going to be able to get through all of verse five let alone to these tonight (laughs) <laughs> um, <clears throat> these, where where did those start at these are not verses in the books of sorrow um okay then there is there's one that i know for sure is the lore card off of uh the touch of malice um which is in okay. this grimoire book and i think it'd be really fun to compare the others i have definitely looked familiar but i don't know off the top of my head where they're from um, I want to say they might have been from corrupted or the calcified fragments that went into making the the um, touch of malice. Well, the calcified but fragments I don't remember. Were, were the books were the books of sorrow. If I remember. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But um, but yeah, definitely we we will need to talk about that. I uh, especially the touch of malice one. Um, because that is very well. Guess what? We ain't covering this in seven parts. Part number eight incoming in two weeks. Yeah, cliffhanger. (laughs) Boom. So okay, but let's get let's get through what we can here. Okay, we'll go back. We'll go back to verse five five zero. zero. Right. Yep. We're at five zero. This is Oryx has just stepped board of this thought ship because he believed that he could gain knowledge about this thing called the gift mast, which was left behind by the traveler um, from this thought ship and. Lo and behold, who is there but Quoria? Uh, verse five zero is the dialogue between Quoria and Oryx, and it doesn't have a title. Its title is just symbols. Um, to 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 me, this is like the this is like Batman coming across like the Joker or something like that. Like, oh no, it's the Joker again. What am I gonna do? A little bit. So, uh, verse five doesn't have a ton five one is going to be where a lot of the meat is so i'm just going to kind of breeze through five and then go right into five one um okay so verse five interdict simulate worship that's quoria oryx i am going to kill you i'm going to salt my meat with your briny little thoughts i'm going to cook flesh on your broken molten hull quoria insinuate subvert replicate oryx this ship is my throne you want to take it from me you want to fill it up with your own spawn and use it for your abstract purposes but i defy you observe imitate usurp we will never be you will never be what i am simulate me wretch calculate the permutations of my divinity Compute the death in the shape of my throne. Render my shadow on the stone of ten thousand graveyard worlds. It will never be enough. I hold the tablets of ruin. I speak to the deep. Not with a galaxy of thinking matter could you encompass me. Behold. Unknown. Enigma. Shortfall. Abort. Abort. So that's five. Uh, and then Clear, clearly, Corey was like, "Ah, shit." Yeah, Corey is like, 
well, fuck. And Oryx was more or less just <laughs> ego tripping. Suck, Coria. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so that leads us into 5-1, which is the exact, still the interaction between these two. <clears throat> it is called End of Failed Timeline. By now, Quoria knows it can't win. There's something pathological about the world inside Oryx's ship. It resists analysis with hot, dead spite. And Oryx himself, he's irreducible. He refuses to obey Quoria's simulations. He crashes around sowing chaos. He grabs submines and compromises them with some kind of ontological weapon. Paracausal systems. Very problematic. He's taking these submines. Quarry yep. is trying the religious tactics it evolved in the Hive Manifold, but even on those terms, Oryx is strong, so strong. Quarry won't be able to protect its gates much longer. The closest Quarry has got to a simulation of Oryx is a best guess bootstrap. It's wrong. Quarry is sure of that. It's Oryx minus the symbiote organism. Minus the wings and the morphs, minus the weapon, the power, no good for anything. Quoria manifests that simulation anyway, just to see what happens. The Taken King marches on Quoria's Hydra hull, armed with blade and magic, cloaked in ancient cloth, and the universe wails in horror around him. Quoria's physics models and toy worlds choke and crash. Quoria observes, alert and attentive, as a single quark splits on the tip of Oryx's sword. From within the Hydra hull, Quoria's tiny not-Oryx speaks. What are you? it says. It's manifesting terror and awe. Oryx's eyes blaze with a curiosity that is entirely isomorphic with hate, with voracious hunger. Aurash, he says in his hive language, you've made me as I was. You've made a tiny Aurash. Ha! Coria updates the simulation's name. Aurash is curious. You were me? You were me as I become? Oryx kneels. His blade is on his left shoulder. Quoria is firing every available weapon at him, but his wards do not break. He looks into Quoria's sensors through the hammering fire, and he says, Child, I have everything you wanted. I am immortal. I know the great secrets of the universe. I have scouted the edges of the darkness, and I have chased the lying god down galactic arms and a howling pack of moons. In my fist I carry the secret power that will rule eternity. In my worm I bear the tribute of my court and of my children, the hope-eater, the weaver, and the unraveler. And with this tribute, I smash my foes. I am Oryx the Taken King. I am Almighty. Quoria samples the Tawix intelligence retrieved from the Ecumene Gate. There are useful names. It feeds them to the simulation. What about your sisters? Aurash asks his future self. Sathona, Shiro, are they with you? The Taken King's fangs glint. The sound might be a laugh or a hiss. 
Coria shuts down its weapons and puts all its spare resources into sending telemetry to the greater Vex. There will be points in space and time where this data is vital. There will be great projects undertaken in the study of this ontological power, this throne space. Where are my sisters, Aurash shouts. What have you done with my people? What have you done? But Oryx's fist is full of black fire, and the next thing Quoria sees is a light like a star. That's the end of 5-1. Holy shit. So, yeah, there's some cool Dude, stuff these are getting these are getting crazy deep now. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some really cool stuff here. So I think it's important to point out that Vex simulations don't know that they're simulations. Um, yeah. Vex simulations of intelligent beings do not know that they're simulations. Um, so For all intents and purposes, they think that they are the real thing. Yeah. So to the simulated Aurash, it is literally looking at and talking to a future version of itself. Um, yep. And appears to be kind of horrified by the results, which I think is an important... And, well, and, and I think it's vice versa as well. The, the future self that he's talking to is also a simulated self. Mm, I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think this is this is okay. Oryx talking this to is the a simulated Oryx talking Aurash. to his. Okay. Yeah, because because Quoria couldn't simulate Oryx. That's why Aurash was oh, okay. as close as gotcha. it got. Uh, gotcha. That's. I was. I was taking it as the as the as the thought of that the closest that he could get the closest that Quoria could get to simulating it was just like this kind of like bare bones back coated back door thing no, that. No. That, but be, that bare bones back door back coated thing is Aurash. Yeah, is it's everything of Oryx without being Oryx. Yeah, Oryx without the symbiote, without the wings, without the morphs, without the weapons, without the power. Um, it it is Oryx as he was before the worms, uh, which are what changed everything. Um, interesting. And and he can't simulate the worm either. Right, he can't simulate the worm. He can't simulate because I think the worms are are paracausal beings, the same way the traveler is. You know, they're they're beings yep. of the deep, just as the traveler is a being of the sky. Um, Absolutely. So and thus, because it is paracausal, it can't simulate it. Yeah. So uh, the the a couple of things that I take away from this are that um, this is a a version of Oryx, Aurash, that still has his original goals and his original morals and his original ideas in place um and if you were if we were able to go back in time and show real Aurash this is what you will become they might not have done it <laughs> they they might have said like that's worse than what happens on fundament you know uh, uh, that that's worse than uh us just not getting revenge um back on fundament for the osmium court forever ago right well cuz it it mentions Tawix and all that stuff and it feeds all this stuff that's another all this information back into yeah, the that's another thing that's interesting so quoria knows about Tawix 
from the Ecumene Gate. Now, the Ecumene were the race that Tauix escaped Fundament. Um, That's right. From, uh, and and ended up with, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly, they ended up with Ecumene. Uh, so this means the Vex have also been to the Ecumene either bef- I assume after the the Hive were, um, right, or maybe because before. the Hive wipe them out. Like that's that's because that the Ecumene was the was the intergalactic like council type people. Yeah, yep, that yep. that were like, hey, we almost beat you, and then Oryx was like, yeah, I'm just gonna learn how to take, yeah. and <laughs> we'll call it good. And then they lose. So, but the Vex have a gate at Ecumene, and through that gate, their interactions with the Ecumene people or the Ecumene architecture that remained had reference to Tauix and reference to Sathona and Shiro. Um, and enough that Coria knew they were tied to Oryx slash Aurash in some way. So then it could feed it into the Alrosh simulation. Yes. Yep. So Jesus, that's, this is this is yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because we don't know, and and Oryx doesn't know what happened to Tawix. Like Tawix escaped for all intents and purposes. They've never found right because didn't I didn't didn't they say like they found a a floating ship of of Tawix? Yeah, they they found a, that was frozen or something or they. They found a ship. Uh, I'm trying to remember. They found a ship that I think had record that Tawix had traveled in it via a like cryopod. Um, yes. But they they have not found Tawix themselves anywhere. Uh, so Tawix is potentially still out there doing yep. whatever the last krill on in the universe wants to do. I guess. Um, and that I think that's an important note too. He is literally the last krill. Yeah, because it's the only krill that has not accepted the the hive worms. Yeah. Um. And I think it was now they say it, I think it was a she. I think it was a mother, uh, a mother morph, was was what Tawix was. Um. I think you're right. So yeah. So that brings us to verse five two, which is entitled "Strict Proof Eternal." Uh, so I'm I'm still mind blown on this on this set of verses. We, so, real quick, mm-hmm. we, do we have any type of like reference of time of when this happens? Like, obviously, it's it's to me, it's after the um, talk that Coria and and Oryx have with each other of you're never gonna beat me, and Coria going, well, let me see if I can try, and then <laughs> Oryx going, he fucking idiot, what are you doing? And then Coria going. Oh shit! Abort! 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 Yeah, I think. And then it comes to this simulation. I think this is immediate. I think it's uh, okay. Coria, you know, is Oryx faces down Coria, and this is all happening amongst Coria, just throwing every defensive measure it has against him, and he's ignoring it. Oh, and just having this discussion with the simulation and with this little simulated. Coria okay. made the simulation in kind of a desperate attempt to understand Oryx in some fashion. Um, and this conversation happened between the simulation and, and Oryx. Amongst now the, this scene is starting to make more sense. Like, it, they're literally mid-attack, and Coria's trying to figure out, okay, how do I beat this? Well, let me see if I can simulate it. Let me see if I can beat the simulation, because that's what I do, because I'm a Vex mind. And does so, and in doing so, Oryx looks at it, at his simulation and goes, 
what in the hell is this? And starts talking to it. And the two of them start having this back and forth. And while they're having this back and forth, Corey is just trying to blast Oryx with everything she has, every single everything, and nothing is happening. And Oryx is like, I'm immortal. You're never going to beat me ever. So then she just shuts down because at some point in time during that verse, she shut down the attack. Yeah, she. so that, that line, Coria shuts down its weapons and puts all its spare resources into sending telemetry data to the greater Vex. There will be points in space and time where this data is vital. There will be great projects undertaken in the study of this power, this throne space. So this actually gives me a theory. Um, All right. So what if the Vex, up till this point, were literally just a hive mind? And okay, it was Quoria's interaction with a, a uh hive throne world with oryx's throne world and sending the information about that interaction back that allowed the vex to create their network as we see it in season of the splicers and that's why it resembles an ascendant space so closely because they've literally built it off of the blueprints given by coria uh, about what it learned from oryx's throne holy shit Now we don't that. say I, I don't know that there's any merit to that, but it, it seems they're very specifically pointing out that Coria sent them information and this throne world information is going to be important. And it it seems too coincidental for their network space to be referred to as uh having such similarity to an ascendant plane or, or a, a throne. I think I think you I mm, I think you I think we're on to something here. So it could be that when they they may have just had a means of physical transportation via their gate network, the gate, the actual Vex gate network. And now now we're seeing an actual version of. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. I think I think that's got some legs. I'd have to really I think that I say I think this thing has some legs. Yeah, I'd I'd have to find some more info to be 100 percent certain. But yeah, yeah. Um, we're at least 80 percent there until we find something on the internet and get down to 60 (laughs) percent right yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah, that leads us because that's that's what the internet do that's what the internet does um so at the end of this like oryx has his conversation and then essentially like kind of does the whole yeah ninja chop to the back of quarry's head and knocks it out is kind of how i how i got the the end of that verse um that is yeah. that is kind of funny where it's, he's just like, yeah, oh no, boop. Or, Oryx's fist is full of black fire, and the next thing Coria sees is a light like stars. But Coria is not dead because yeah. of the next verse. This is verse 5 2, strict proof eternal. I have a gift for you, says Oryx. Savathun, witch queen, looks at him with dry wariness. Is it the sword logic? I need to go into the deep and take your power for myself. Their echoes move among the war moons, walking together on the hull of a 2,000-year-old warship. Savathun's fleet has assembled here in preparation for an assault on the gift mast. The deep is headed that way on the trail of its prey, and the hive will be its vanguard. It's a vex I captured. 
Quoria, blade transform. It made an attempt to puncture my throne. I thought you might enjoy studying it. Oryx pauses, digesting. Through the bond of lineage, he can feel Crota killing worlds and worlds away, and it tastes like sweet fat. Quoria contains a Vex attempt to simulate me. It might generate others, you, perhaps, or Sivu Arath. I've left it some will of its own, so it can surprise you. I, su- I suppose it'll blow up and kill me, Savathun grouses, or let the machines into my throne where they will start turning everything into clocks and glass. If it kills you, then you deserve to die, Oryx says, with a quiet thrill, a happy thrill, because it's good to say the truth. I don't have a strict proof yet, you know. Savathun strokes the void with one long claw, and space-time groans beneath her touch. This thing that we believe, that we're liberating the universe by devouring it, that we're cutting out the rot, that we're on course to join the final shape? I haven't found a strict, eternal proof. We might yet be wrong. Oryx looks at her, and for a moment, just a moment, he is nostalgic, he is sentimental. He thinks, imagine the years behind us, the things we've done. And yet being old doesn't feel like a scar, does it? It hasn't left me dull. I feel alive, alive with you. And every time I step back into this world from my throne, I feel like I'm two years old again, at the bottom of the universe, looking up. But he says, Sister, it's us. We are the proof. We the hive. If we last forever, we prove it. And if something more ruthless conquers us, then the proof is sealed. She looks back at him with eyes like hot needles. I like that, she says. It's elegant. Although, of course, she has had this thought before. That's the end of 5-2. It's, it's like two people... It, man, this whole thing comes off as, as, as two people that are playing the same game. They're both, but, but neither one of them are playing by a set of, a, a, a strict set of rules that, e- that each of them are using their own, I- their own interpretation of the rules and not consulting with, with any type of outside anything to, to try to reference the rules to anything to say, okay, well, you know, this thing says, Put put object A on object B. Well, I can define object A as whatever I want, and I can define object B as whatever I want, and and that's that's what that's what this whole conversation comes off as to me is this this back and forth. Like obviously, there's a lot of internal monologue for yeah. for I think both of them, and and it, it, there's very like so it it it's from from my perspective, um. I think for Oryx, there are very clear set rules. And the the rule is fight everything. And if you live, you were meant to live. Keep fighting. And if you die, you were meant to die because the other thing's stronger and it will keep fighting. And that's it. That's um, it. The corest of the core of sword logic. Yeah. And, and he, he parrots it here as well. You know, I... Savathun, I, I think this is one of the moments where Savathun is trying to 
test the waters with Oryx a little bit and, yeah. and be like, how much of that old hesitation is still there? Um, yeah. Cause she says, we and, don't and have proof see- that we're, that what we are doing is correct, that, that we are going yeah. to reach our end goal. And Oryx's counterpoint is we are, you know, we are the proof. If the hive right. become the final shape, then that proves that we were the strongest thing in the universe. And if something else kills us, then that proves that there was something stronger and that they are, and by usurping us, they are kind of like proving our point. That This is a very circular logic thing oh, it here. Is. It is. And I think Savathun knows that. I mean, she, she tells him like, oh yes, I like that. That's, that's a very elegant answer. Um, yeah. But, what it seems to infer from the little inner inner monologue, you know, although of course she's thought of this before is that that's not a satisfying answer because if she's thought of that before and is saying, knowing that, Hey, I don't have proof that this is correct. Then that means she doesn't, she doesn't see that as proof the same way that he does, which is interesting because then that, that leads a little credence to the idea of more, more to what we're seeing of the, of the, witch queen trailers and stuff like that of you know does she want to be free stuff from this season of i just want to be free of my worm like i don't want to i i just want to it, i it's almost like a level of regret right like it's it's look at look at all the things we've done over the thousands of years and all the things we've destroyed and and this that and the other thing but you know what if not you know what if what if we're wrong what if what if None of this was supposed to even happen. What if we really were supposed to just die as a ten-year-old self, and that's it? Like that was that was that was our purpose in in life. But now we're at this point, and you know, millennia. I mean, thousands of years have passed between that moment on Fundament of of them escaping the Osmium Court, and now that it's it, it, it's. And I think maybe that's a a point. To, to think about um, if we go all the way back to fundament, we go back to the Leviathan's original warning of saying like, you know, Hey, I know, I know what's down there and I know that it can give you power, but trust me, you, you really don't want it. You, you want to believe in what the light is, you know, what, what the sky um, has already made available to you and you want to, you really want to live out your life as it's already been been you know planned for your species and maybe the leviathan wasn't speaking of that's going to be the most beneficial for you as an individual it was speaking from the perspective of that is going to be the most beneficial for the universe as a whole ooh so it wasn't that he was saying like, "Hey, trust in the light to avenge your father." He was saying, "Trust in the light to have made a plan, and you are part of that plan, and it is going to end up okay at the end of the universe because of it." But if you do this, it's going to derail things. Interesting. I like that point of view. I like that thought. So it just it made me think. I like about that. It about maybe that perspective as you were you were talking about things there 
Yeah, no, that's I I like that thought. I because because we we also always talked about the Leviathan of you know possibly being more light oriented or more sky oriented than dark oriented or you know is he a jailer is he a is he a guard is he what you know what is the Leviathan? Mm-hmm. But I think that's I think that that theory there is is the most I don't want to say the most accurate but but the most apt description of it like you know it's if if it is thinking in in the terms of sky it's not going to think as binary as sword logic is as as the deep is and and the interpretation of the deep uh logic from the hive's perspective like it's it's not it's not saying you know conquer or be or be conquered full stop live or or die full stop it's saying you know, th- there's a bigger hole to this entire game that that's being played out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's that's very much the. I mean, that's that to me comes back to the to the the winnower and the gardener, right? Like that's yeah. the sky and the deep, the yeah. the light and the dark facing yeah. each other in this game. That each one of them is trying to find the the winning strategy. And on one side, it's a very cut and dry, you know, kill or be killed. And the other side is like, well, I mean, maybe. But you know, I'll let you take my my rook because that leaves me open to take your queen. You know, like mm-hmm. that's it, it. It's I really like that idea. Yeah, I really, really like that idea. Just to to parrot something we've said before. Um, yeah, the, the it reinforces the deep's underlying philosophy is that the mm-hmm. end of the universe is the the perfect end of the universe is achieved by whittling everything down to the simplest form possible the simplest most deadliest form possible and from the sky's perspective although the sky has never verbalized its philosophy i think we can infer that its philosophy then is that the perfect end of the universe is achieved by infinite complexity and infinite evolution and of that evolution some some perfection will come of it nat- will come out of that naturally versus whittling something down to you know the the most singular shape possible um that's it that's that's just mind blowing so it's it's cool <laughs> uh, yeah no that's i i definitely think after after this books of sorrow stuff is is i think we i think we're going to have to dive into the the light and dark that's gonna be that's gonna be a whole that's gonna be a ten ten episode. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, but uh, but as far as this book goes, I think this is the point. So Oryx gives uh, Quoria to Savathun, telling her that he has left Quoria some bit of free will, so that it can still kind of do things on its own. Uh, so so that it can surprise her. So it can surprise <laughs> her. Quoria's like, yeah, so it can fucking kill me, you ass. Yeah. <laughs> Savathun's like, oh, so it's gonna blow up and kill me. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, brah. <laughs> but Savathun, I think at this point is already decided, or or at least has I doubt think so too. that the the route they're on is the route they should be on, and is at least entertaining alternatives. Which is interesting because that means that both of the siblings there are having some form of regret. I mean, we saw it with Oryx before in like what was it, verse four seven or four eight? I think it was, or or maybe uh, four six, I think where it was he was a like, back, yeah, yeah, but but where he was like, eh, maybe this is 
not what we should be doing. And then he, and then he's like, no, 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 no. This is what we should be doing. And now we're seeing that from Sabathun. Like, mm-hmm. hey, um, I kind of don't like this warring for eternity. This is, yeah, not as fun as I thought it would be. And I want it. I want something different. Yeah, and I, I think she's. I think this is the point where she's truly deciding. Like, Oryx is too far gone. He's, he's too. Yep indoctrinated yep. by the deep and their philosophies to to consider him an ally at this point uh if she wants to yep. go against those ideas um so yeah this bit five three also very interesting um although short ish uh so five three is being told from the perspective of somebody listening to Shivu Arath. Um, so verse five, three, I'd shut them all in cells is its title. Pray and sacrifice uttered by Shivu Arath, God of war. Harmony. When the traveler passed across harmony, it lied to the orbits of 10 worlds. Now they orbit the black hole. The traveler lied to the accretion disc so that it would give warm light to these worlds. The gift mast. When the traveler left Harmony, it made a monument out of the black hole's polar jet. In the jet, there is a hollow mast which sings in radiance. This is the gift mast, and we will devour it. We will eat the sky out of it. We will snap it like a bone. The Harmony sting. The Harmony have weaponized their dead star. They can sit. They can stimulate the accretion disk to fire relativistic plasma jets. We will take the sting. We will use it to burn their worlds. I will grant one temple of tribute to the first ascendant to kill a world. Oryx. I will have the gift mast to feast on. I will have it first. I am Shivu Arath, and all war is my temple. Beware the daughters of Oryx, for they make and unmake with ease. Savathun, the deceitful sister, will be distracted by Arcana and the song of the black hole. Treat her broods with contempt. The Traveler, we chase it and we will devour it. The Deep will rule the cosmos. The Dragons. Our gods should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I'd shut them all in cells. Bring them to me. There's a few things well, to talk about. Well, that last line was a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the beginning of this. Yeah, so let's, so let's this, start at the this top. Is, so this is a whole conversation of, of somebody is literally just eavesdropping on, the, on, on what, the two of them? Uh, not the two of them. This this appears to be a kind of proclamations made by Shivu Arath to her brood. Um, okay. So she's saying, uh, like, at the beginning it will say, like, harmony, and then a statement. That's, like, what she's saying about harmony. Harmony is a place in this instance. Right. Yep. Um, yep. So this first bit. the tra- When the Traveler passed across harmony... It lied to the orbits of ten worlds. Now they orbit the black hole. The traveler lied to the accretion disk so that it would give warm light to these worlds. So I think what she's referring to, 
is that the traveler came to this place called Harmony and literally reorganized their solar system. Yeah. Started terraforming it. I don't know that terraforming is exactly what happened here. Um, okay. Uh, I, I think it, it... Let me, let me preface it changed terraforming. changed their orbit. Right. And, and in doing so, made them all livable places. I think. If that's, if that's, that's, at least that's what I'm interpreting it as. I was interpreting it as, um, so she says, when the traveler passed across Harmony, it lied to the orbits of 10 worlds. They now orbit the black hole. I took this to mean the traveler didn't necessarily do anything to the planets themselves, but it literally moved them so that they now all orbit this black hole that was near their solar system. Oh, okay, so it's not like life was eradicated on these these planets, and and by by the traveler coming by and rearranging them in the right order. Now that now they're habitable, it's just they were all over the place, and now they're more centralized. And what it and it did this um, because of this accretion disk. So it says the traveler lied to the accretion disk so that it would give warm light to these worlds. So maybe that was its form of, of terraforming, was, hey, these worlds are uninhabitable because they they're, don't get enough warmth. So I'm gonna like move, cold recesses? So I'm yeah. going to move them to orbit this black hole as, it's, as the center of their solar system, and I'm going to use this accretion disk to warm them. And I, I looked up what an accretion disk is, just because I was curious. Um, I was going to say, Google time. <laughs> yep. So, uh, from Wikipedia, an accretion disk is a structure, often circular, formed by diffused material in orbital motion around a central massive body, typically a star. Uh, friction. So, it's like the flat plane of a, of a black hole. Yeah, in, in a lot of ways. Um, rotational and frictional forces compress and raise temperature of material, causing emission of electromagnetic radiation. Uh, the frequency range of the radiation depends on the central object's mask, uh, mass. Accretion disks of young stars radiate the infrared. Those around neutron stars and black holes in the X-ray spectrum. Uh, and then a lot more science mumbo jumbo. Um, it it terraformed a solar system. Yeah, it, and and okay, it ter- made terraform a is not system. the right word to use. It it made a solar system. Terraform is the wrong word that I'm using here, but I'm using that in a in a sense of like it creating life or it 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 creating a a habitable place to for for things to live. It it it, it didn't necessarily like go to a, a it it didn't you know give Mars an atmosphere and then make it rain right. and stuff like that. Like it 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 arranged these. It literally arranged a solar system. It yeah. took a black hole. And created, I don't want to say created a sun with it, but created a heat source with it um, to be able to possibly start or sustain life on these different planets and stuff. And therefore, allowing life to, (laughs) for life to find a way. (laughs) Um, Thanks. Thanks, Jurassic Park. You're the best. Yep. So it did it it did more than that though cuz we look at the next bit the gift mast uh when the traveler left harmony it made a monument out of the black hole's polar jet in the jet there's a hollow mast 
which sings in radiance. This is the gift mask, and we will devour it. We will eat the sky of it. We will snap it like a bone. So it's not 100% what this gift mask mast is, but I think... That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think it is what is creating this accretion disk, this, this, war- this source of warmth. Um, so it's, it's possibly like a, like a pocket light. I think that's exactly what emanator. it is. It's, it's a giant tower of light uh, with a capital L. Um, right, right. Light, and, light the ability. Yeah, so it, it has taken this tower and affixed it into one of the, the poles of this black hole that all these worlds orbit. Uh, and and I, some, I, something about the, the interaction between the light and the black hole is what allows this harmony place to exist. That's mind-blowing. In addition to that, we have the Harmony Sting. The Harmony, the people, have weaponized their dead star. They can stimulate the accretion disk to fire relativistic plasma jets. Um, so they, they have a way to... And, and if you look on... Um, happen to look on Wikipedia, there, there's a phenomenon known as accretion disk jets. Uh, Discs surrounding certain objects, such as nuclei of active galaxies, emit jets along their polar axes. These jets are, invo- uh, are invoked by astronomers to do everything from getting rid of angular momentum in a forming star to reionizing universe. Uh, the cool thing on Wikipedia here... Holy shit. Astronomers have no, I- have no real idea where these jets come from. They don't know how they, why they happen, how they happen, what they're doing. So the writers they're at Paracausal. Bungie have provided a explanation in universe uh, for this this instance at least is that uh, presumably through the use of this gift mast and the harmonies technology, they have figured out how to not only generate these these flame jets off of this black hole's accretion disk, uh, but to generate them in such a way that they can target them and use them as a weapon, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, we're talking something like, and, and I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put this in a, in a perspective of size, uh, uh, so that our, our audience can kind of understand like what the hell we're talking about here. This isn't like this this is more than like you know hey I've got a I've got a gun on the moon or I've turned the moon into a death star this is this is like I've turned thin air and I've I've turned nothingness not even thin air like literally the nothingness of space and I've turned it into a targetable laser beam it, sorry plasma beam not laser because laser is something else mm-hmm. that's an acronym uh plasma beam that can that is bigger than a star yeah would would literally engulf entire planets in its beam um so if anyone has ever used like a plasma cutter or a plasma welder or something, you've seen the little arc that happens there. Imagine that little arc being the width of our sun. Yeah. Yeah. 
pretty wild. Um, that's jeez. <laughs> I, I like the, the realization of that, like picturing that in my head of like, I mean, our son is huge, freaking huge. Our son is the biggest thing in our solar system. Yep. And they've created a beam that could, that could engulf that. That to me, that to me says, says a, a, a lot about the light itself. Like what, what, the actual like to me the power of the light is infinite like light the ability oh, yeah. is infinite no we i i we've talked about this a little bit before i think how we see it manifest in game is because that is the way that we have been able to comprehend it that's not a limit yes it, it's not a limitation of what the light can do it's a limitation of how we can understand how to use it right now of our understanding of it that's it yeah because that we even talked we even talked about this too of how like the different subclasses are like you know one's like nuclear fission one is like time space one is like da 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 yeah so i i think you're right i think this is we the only way we're using the light is because that's how we as a as human beings can understand the properties of light but I think I I think with this entry, this is just saying that the properties of light are infinite, and 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 it goes beyond our even thinking and understanding of 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 the physics of this universe. So if we could if we could somehow harness this light in a universe that wasn't this universe, we'd have all sorts of different other things that would happen, and not not necessarily in the sense of like we'd have new powers or we'd have new abilities or whatever. Whatever, like we'd have a, a new understanding of life. Like this this is like. This is huge. This is this is wow. This is this is mind blowing, man. I'm I'm really I, this is my awe moment of of tonight of like holy shit. So put putting those lines aside, we get into slightly more mundane and then really not mundane. Um. So yes, yeah. Rath. We got we got to talk about the end of this yeah, one. Yeah, Shiva Rath talks about Oryx, and essentially, she seems pretty not friendly with her siblings um i think so she's like i think I th yeah you know what oryx we're not giving it we're not giving this gift mast to him it's mine i it's a spoil of war and i am war so it is mine um yeah be be careful of his daughters because they can do some funky shit uh dude, they got they got <laughs> they voodoo dolls and things death. and they'll sing you to death just <laughs> avoid them if you can uh, and then with Savathun, she's like, yeah, Savathun is going to be so distracted by the black hole. It, she, her, her brood isn't even going to pose an issue. Just don't even worry about it. Um, very, very like hand wavy away of, of her sister. She's very full of herself. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, like, like I used to, I used to think that like Oryx was, you know, being the, the God of knowledge was very much like, ah, oh, I'm a knowledgeable one and I know more than you. And ha ha ha. And see Wrath being like the little trickster, like, oh, looky over here. I pulled a coin from your butt. Take that. Ha 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 ha. Wrath is very much like really full of herself. Oh yeah. She, she is the, I, I view her as, you know, kind of the personification of that um stereotypical like spartan ancient greek warrior or ancient greek gladiator that has never lost a match and is just yeah. so 
full of themselves and like, oh, it yep. doesn't matter what you throw at me because I can beat it all. I've always beat it all. Uh, has no concept of losing. Right. Which, yeah. if you think about it, that plays, I mean, she is the god of war. Yeah, no, she, she is. Would, she, she would be the most tactfully and, or tac- tactically and, and militaristically the best thing in the universe if she is the god of war, right? So, mm-hmm. in, in my mind, she can be as full of herself as she wants to because she's never lost a battle. Right. I mean, she... She quite literally has no concept of losing. She has not lost uh, right. a battle other than against Oryx once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for literal millennia. Yep. So, you know, she's she's full of herself and has kind of a shitty attitude, but she's also kind of proven that thus far she can kind of do what she wants. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she she's very hand wavy away of of Oryx and Savathun and of the Traveler. All she says is like, "We're gonna chase it. We're gonna beat it. You know, our team's better than their." And we're team. gonna eat it. Go nom, nom, go nom, black. Nom, 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 nom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go go black. Go dark. <laughs> yeah. Um. The last line is very oh my intriguing. God. So I'm gonna, Get I'm gonna the read hell it again. Out of here with this last line. The dragons, our gods, should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I'd shut them all in cells. Bring them to me. Th- this just proves to me that what we have said in the past about the Ahamkara, probably pretty on point. <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. So 100%. The, the fact that she's referring to, you know, I'll, I, will, I will rein in my enthusiasm a little bit here. And, and try and be objective. The dragons. Liar. The only thing we have heard to, <laughs> the only thing that comes to, to mind that we have heard to referred to as a dragon in the Destiny universe is the Ahamkara. Yeah. Uh, she says, our gods should be ours alone, which tells me that she recognizes them as something similar or of the same origins as the worm gods. I'm telling you, the, I, we we have cracked the code on this. The worm gods and or or the worms and the and the Ahamkara are quite possibly siblings. I, I think so. I think so. Um, she says their smug freedom is an insult to me. So I think the Ahamkara and the worms started. Like we said, it, it, as either the same thing or or very closely related species, and where the worms have be- survived by this this symbiotic relationship, they require a host. The Ahamkara, in some some fashion, um, I guess I guess they require a host to make wishes. They they require something external to themselves to make wishes for them or to have desires for them to feed off of, but they themselves are their own corporeal form. Um, and they, they can shapeshift that form to whatever the hell they want to. Uh, yep. so they, they are free in that sense. Like they're not stuck inside another species body growing there. Like they can go out and do whatever the hell they want and find their own food. um, and Zivo Rath sees this as like a perversion, like a 
And I'm guessing the the worm gods that are informing Sivu Arath and the rest of the hive are are probably not too happy about <laughs> the Ahamkara having right. free reign. Uh, and maybe it's jealousy. Uh, or maybe they want to hunt them down to figure out how they did it, or or who knows. But yeah, they they very much. Have, I like I like both of those ideas. Have put I, a, I mean a target on their back. Yeah, I like I I do like both of those ideas of of you know maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's a little bit of the the worms are jealous of the dragons saying you know hey they they get a free roam we have to serve this this master this this darkness. And and we have to feed constantly, or or we devour ourselves. You know, like we we get devoured. Mm-hmm. Or is the Ahamkara? There's no, at least from what I can remember, there's no indication that an Ahamkara has to feed. It likes feeding, but yeah, we, we've it, there's never heard nothing of saying one, that it has to. We've never heard of one starving or anything. Starving to death from no desires to feed off of. Yeah, I mean, Riven hung around Mara for quite some time literally the one person she could not feed off of 99.9 percent of the time um and was intrigued by it yeah like like, wanted to be there because it was interesting well saw mara as the closest thing she had ever had to an equal as someone she could actually talk to and not you know not have there be like this wish magic interfering with you know that actual that connection between them um yeah but yeah so uh this also i think is the first reference we have seen of the the dragons from the hive um i maybe i'm forgetting something from a previous verse but i think this is the first reference of them uh and i think it is i think you're right if that's the case perhaps the ahamkara were originally from this harmony world or harmony solar system uh, because as far as Ooh. I know, they showed up in the soul system, in our solar system, um, when, after the Traveler did. So it's yeah. possible that Shivu Arath and, and the Hive uh, chased the Traveler out of harmony and that the Ahamkara followed. And, and that's why they ended up in the, the soul system. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. Um, I say we're, we're getting, I I think we're technically over time. Uh, I was going to say, I think we're at the, we're, my, my, my recording says 158 right now. So I, I I think, I think we start our cliffhanger. Yeah. I think, I think, (laughs) I think this is a good spot to, to end because the rest of the verses do kind of all lead into each other one after another. Uh, okay. which would be five, four through five, nine. Um, so yeah, I think the, the next episode will be our last in regards to the books of sorrow. And then that will give us hopefully some time to talk about the, uh, cryptoglyph ARG from, uh, shadow keep and kind of where that ties into things, uh, in regards to all the, the hive ness we've been going over yeah so, uh but just Alrighty. to to reiterate real quick and say it's going to be two weeks uh when our next episode we're we're skipping next monday um so that zor will be able to join us for that final episode. yes 
I, I have a bit of a drive next weekend. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I live in Iowa in the United States, and I'm driving to California, which is 1,700 miles one way. So I'm doing that in a week, driving there and back. Um, so yeah, uh, well, with that then, uh, we'll I'll start our thank yous. Uh, uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, uh, I'm going to reiterate it here. My first thank you goes out to all of our viewers, all of our all of the people that have been downloading and listening to this little this little thing that Miss and I have started, what six months ago, six seven months ago, Something and like that, yeah. and has flourished into you know forty or fifty people at least at least wanting to at least wanting to to listen to us. That's hell. That's more than I could even ask for. Like I, I, I truly thought that this was gonna, this was just gonna be our little clan, our little, our little clan of ten or or twelve that we have, and and it's, it's it's more than that. So that's awesome. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate you guys listening to this, and 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 we're gonna keep going with this. I, I, I absolutely love showing up here every Monday and 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 having this crazy discussion of of you know ideas behind trying to trying trying to break down the lore of destiny in into a palpable thing like i that's yeah. what I, that's what i keep that's that's kind of my that's kind of my goal that's that's that that at first it was it this this whole thing started off as a you know i just want to tell stories and i just want to listen to the stories of destiny and and over time it's definitely turned into this palpable like how do i make this story as as digestible as possible to break it down into its into its simplest parts bit by bit and 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 take those bits and tie them in with other bits that we've seen or heard or or interacted with in game or or through outside lore or, or stuff like that and and try to try to puzzle piece this thing together to to something that we can we as we as humans can understand like it's it it's fun to it's fun to fantasize stuff in in a, in a fantasy world but to be able to create some type of tangible relatable thing and say well this is kind of what we're we're seeing going on here i i i like being able to do that i i think that that's a fun thing to do and so like i said i i'm i'm here for the long haul and and i'm pretty sure myth is too oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so uh so yeah so thank you all of you guys for for listening and downloading and and keeping up with us every week and and yeah keep 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 it going keep it coming uh if we i i believe there's a comment section on a lot of uh on a lot of places where we post myth yeah and i'm to be honest i'm not entirely sure how all that works uh as i I know for a fact podbean has comments that you can leave on the episodes yeah i don't believe if there is a comment section for things like spotify or apple podcast or any of those um if there is comment areas on on those platforms it does not transfer those in any meaningful way to um kind of our our home base where where our podcast lives (laughs) uh so if you want to leave a comment for us, I welcome you to do so as long as it's, you know, respectful and and in in good faith. Um please do so on our Podbean site. It's uh myths and stories with a z uh .podbean.com. Um I say I can't speak for Zor, but I am also on the the Twitters I have pretty much never used it, but I'm going to make an effort to do so now. Uh, just at I, Mythborn. I am on the Twitters. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love it. I 
I am not a, I am not a social but this this podcast is is the epitome of my social butterflyness. And that's fine um, too. And that's as far as outside of the the my personal bubble I care to go. Um <laughs> uh, in a in a digital sense. So yeah, uh I don't have any type of social media. I I'm I'm not a I'm not a a user of Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or Twitters or any anything. I love how we call it Twitters as if like we're like really old people <laughs> referring to it as this like I don't use the twits the, the the tweet things and the little birds hashtags and stuffs. Uh but yeah, no, uh Pod I know Podbean itself, the the app has yep. a little comment section that you can leave comments on each of the episodes and stuff like that. And uh so yeah, uh as much as we explore these lore topics for ourselves, it, We've got an audience now. If there's something you want us to explore, let us know. Uh, yeah, we'll absolutely. dive into it. I uh, would love um, to see what your guys' thoughts and feelings are on the episodes we've we've been doing, uh, what you think is good, what you think could use improvement, what subjects interest you. Uh, that would be awesome. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my next thank you goes to uh, Coria, uh, because you are nuts. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why you would think that imitating or trying to imitate paracausal abilities is a good idea, but why you thought that that was a good idea over consuming the worm was a good idea too. Like I, I don't know where your thought patterns go. For vex vex reasons. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> we learned last episode for for some vex reason, uh, and we have now started using that in game. Hey, why'd you die? Ah, for some vex reason, my health reached zero. I don't know uh so yeah thanks thanks vex for coming up for just some vex reason um let's see um i don't know that's that's about all the thank yous i've have i have tonight that's i mean i keep thanking the sisters oryx and and zebu and and sabathun and I, I this 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 story is there there is so much more character there's so much more to these these characters than i think even is translated in game because it's you know when from a video game perspective it's it's hard to when you're trying to tell a story it's hard to get as much information in the moment as possible Mm -hmm. and and we've definitely seen the evolution of that uh across from from the beginnings of destiny one all the way till current to current day and the storytelling is just it's been cranked up to 11 like the the last the last two years honestly have really really cranked it up and and the this this seasonal structure of storytelling has been freaking amazing and i i witch queen is almost here it's i mean we're we're a little more than a month away from witch queen right now and it's i i think shit's gonna hit the fan and it's gonna get real uh so yeah I am I'm so very excited to see what happens in Witch Queen because there is there's so much potential for us to start to see um maybe not conclusions but at least start getting some answers for uh some of the things that are in some of these deep deep lore that has been around forever uh and I I really hope that 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 comes to fruition in in at least some way, even if it's a little way. I think a lot of um, I think a lot of stuff from Books of Sorrows is going to be very relevant mm-hmm. going into Witch Queen. So, uh, I say one final thank you. I think that we we have neglected in the past and would would be remiss to to not mention here 
uh and that that would be just a a thank you to the narrative team that created all of this uh and and made all of these stories and wonderful connections for us to theorize about and 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 talk about here so uh thank you to all the people at Bungie that have have put all of this together you know what i've never thanked them so yeah thank you because without them we wouldn't even be doing this shit mm-hmm. we should be two guys <laughs> rambling about nothing uh and then of course my last thank you uh myth thank you for being here every week and and going on these journeys with me it is a fun fun time there's nowhere i would rather be on a monday night so. Aw, so, he's so sweet too, everyone. <laughs> uh, alrighty, well, uh, yeah, with that, um, uh, yeah, the, 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 our main way of promoting this is just kind of word of mouth, so anyone that's downloading it that has some friends in Destiny or other clans or stuff like that, uh, uh, make, sure you, make sure you tell them uh, to come check us out and, and give us a listen, uh, give us a download, that we, we, we love it. Um, Absolutely. Makes 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 all the little dopamines in my brain go. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, and if you see us in game, we're Myth Myth and Zor, uh, Myth Mythborn and Zorialis. Uh, Teabag us a few times in in PvP. We get it. We know. We know. We get it. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, like I said, we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, yeah. So from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we will see you. Not next time, but in two weeks.